how the applications work, what they do, how they work practically in a firm on a daily basis. So there's so much noise around the industry, I guess, about, you know, this application, that application, it solves this problem and this does that and this does that. But no one's saying, if you use this product with this product and you make it do this, this is the output. And then when you connect in another 10 other applications, how does that work functionally and seamlessly throughout, you know, your client lifecycle process from an operational perspective so that it's easy and connected? Because I guess the industry is used to having a one-stop shop when they had server-based software, they're used to having one application that took care of practically everything. So I'm talking like a Maya or a Handy or that kind of application. Whereas when it comes to cloud-based software, it's not like that anymore. It's, you know, you have a multitude of applications that all talk to each other, but they need to talk correctly together. You're listening to Australia's podcast for accountants, Tax Talks, the podcast to grow your firm. Welcome to episode 244 of Text Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. So far we looked at the cloud in general and discussed apps for traders, retail and wholesale. But now let's look at your own accounting practice. What apps should you consider for running your firm? That is what I would like to find out with you over the next three episodes. Today, let's look at the core of your app ecosystem. What apps should you have sitting right in the middle at the core? What software should be your command center? Amy Holdsworth and Ian Walker of Clarity Street are cloud integrators for accounting practices and hence got the answers you're looking for. Here's a short soundbite of Amy Holdsworth. I actually started working in an accounting firm over 10 or so years ago. I've been in the industry for about 10 plus years. I've been a practice manager in a couple of firms and I've also, I was part of one of the first when Zero purchased Workflow Max and it's now called Zero Practice Manager for accountants. When they when they purchased that to begin with, I was part of the first um, implementation partner channel, the Practice Studio Partners. So I used to implement Practice Manager for a lot of accounting firms and through that gained up the knowledge about how the applications work obviously but you know I then worked at practice ignition for a little stint as well as head of customer success and with that knowledge of how accountants work in the industry but also having I guess a non like I had a practical knowledge but a non-accounting brain I could obviously see how the software connected and here's a sound bite of Ian Walker. So Amy is obviously the better looking of the two so she is front oh. of house um, <laughs> we have both different skill sets so amy from a practice ignition xpm background so amy does a lot of that work not to say that i don't do any and that's not to say that amy doesn't do anything that i do either it's just we both have a niche set of, of knowledge so mine is more around the accounting apps document management yeah but together we we have i guess we both have enough knowledge that we could flip over to the other if we needed to with the implementation. So let's talk about what should the core of your app ecosystem look like? When you build these apps together, it's basically like different Lego stones that you put together. And I can imagine practice ignition is then probably quite a common feature together with XPM in the um, solutions you build. Is that right? It is definitely. It, it features quite heavily and deliberately so because of the way that the software actually 
acts and behaves and what problems it solves. So the problems that it solves, which have traditionally been very cumbersome and time-consuming processes, which is sending out an engagement letter, making sure that you are engaged with your clients from, you know, your governing body's perspective, but also making sure that your clients are engaged so that, you know, from a legal standpoint, you guys, you got your butts covered basically. So it does that. It also creates the invoicing perspective. So it creates invoices. So you don't have to spend time doing invoices because it's off the back of an accepted proposal. It creates that. It creates jobs. Again, off the back of an accepted proposal, it automatically deploys both of these things. The biggest kicker about the software as well is it also collects payment. So that in an all-in-one-stop-shop piece of software, it actually takes care of engagement, invoice deployment, job deployment, and payment. So realistically, the only thing that an accountant actually has to do is the work. <laughs> That's all you have to do at the end of it is the work. When you look at the core center of this ecosystem you create, you usually have XPM and practice ignition there. Is there one or two other apps that you usually have at this very core? So kind of the standard core you create? There's definitely others at the core of the ecosystem. Just to be pretty clear, the reason why we promote zero being in the center of the ecosystem at the moment is because it has an open API, which allows for free-flowing information from other applications. So it has a native open API, basically. Therefore, unlike the other applications out there, the industry-based applications, as I said at the moment, Handy, Myob, Intuit, those other platforms, at the moment, they don't have an open API, which means that you can't connect other outside applications to them as easily from, and what I mean by that is from an operational perspective for an accounting firm. We really look forward to the day that they actually do get off their butts and create that open API. I'm not going to lie because, but that's the reason why Zero is in the middle of it at the moment. You focus on Zero, correct? On Zero. So to answer your question about the apps, the main ones that form like the, they're kind of like the feet, like the must haves, the practice protect, your single sign on point, like your security element, single sign on security element. That's where it houses all the applications. The next application that we promote is Practice Ignition, Zero Practice Manager, Zero Tax, Zero Work Papers, FYI Docs, or Suite Files, a document management solution, basically, one or the other, depending on what your preference is. FYI Docs? Or Suite Files. Ah, Suite Files, yes. To let you know, they're a document management solution. FYI Docs, I guess, are building their platform to be open, so that it will integrate with other applications. So it's sort of building a zero ecosystem uh, within its own application. So at the moment, you may want to plug in DocuSign so that you can actually get your documents signed and, and come back into your document management system. It's integrating with CAS and BGL, uh, now Infinity. Those sort of peripheral zero applications are being integrated with. The moment, some of those integrations are very light on. So they are just taking you to the application. So, you know, you'll click on maybe CAS 360's one and it'll take you to the document within CAS 360 rather than actually being inside the document um, in, in FYI docs. Suite Files is a little bit different. They've got a holistic package at the moment where you can go end-to-end. It's got a, a client, so not, not only a document storage system and management system, it also has uh, a client portal and client signing with Suite Files. So you don't need a third-party application if you want to just do those things, but it's also integrating with BGL as well. ATO Smart Docs and ATO Mate, they have integrations with both of um, FYI Docs and Suite Files. So if you want to automate your ATO side of things with the uh, correspondence. 
the reason that you do FY docs or suite files and not, for example, iCloud or Google Drive or Dropbox yeah. is because FYI docs and suite files, they have these additional features like document signing. It's good to just point out that the ones you've just mentioned are actually document storage solutions. You put a document there and you store it. We're talking about a document management system. You have a document and you're able to actually utilize that document within that system. So you're able to create email templates off it. You're able to share it. You're able to collaborate. You know, you're able to do a lot more than just storing it in a location, similar to a file server. You know, you just store it on your file server. And then if you want to do something where you're going to have to click and drag it, you have to edit it, you're going to have to do blah, whatever it is. Document management systems are designed that you click on that document and you can do what you need to do it from that document. Document management is quite a learning curve yes and no i mean um it's more around the user interface they know what they want to achieve with that document they know they want to send it to the client and it's about just reordering the steps that they may already do so they may already have a document storage solution where they would take that pdf and they would then put it into an email and then they would send that they would find the email address from their crm and put it into their emails and then send it off well what we're saying is that all you need to do is click on that document click send to client and it's already pre-populated either the template email that you need and it's got the information for the, the client's contact so they already know what they want to do. It's just now just a different way of doing it. Can I share a thought with you and just bouncing it around to see whether it sticks? In an ideal world, one wouldn't need a document manager because all the information would already sit in zero, would already sit in CAS 360 or wherever you are. You wouldn't need a document manager because you wouldn't create any work papers or anything outside of uh, these apps. <laughs> so have you ever gone through a quality assurance? No. Yeah. Go through one, then try and sit everything inside an application. Yeah. Okay. So uh, data sovereignty, data, keeping the data in one place, you know, having the ability to access that information readily. So if you use CAS 360, then you flip over to now infinity. Well, there's a high possibility you're going to lose a whole bunch of information potentially on those documents. So if you haven't stored those with client signatures and kept them for the relevant time and tax period that you meant to, then have you will you pass your quality assurance? I don't yes. believe so. When would you go through a quality assurance? Is that usually when you're part of a larger firm or a larger network? Yeah, so a QA review comes into play from your member body. So CA, CPA, IPA, anything with an A in it really. So <laughs> they all have varying degrees of a quality assurance. So whether you're a sole practitioner or you're a you know, KPMG, you're going to have a quality assurance to make sure that you're, you're actually providing the best service to your clients and, you, and you're not a dodgy operator basically. You've got processes, procedures, you've got dispute resolution, you know, you, you've got data sovereignty, all that sort of stuff. So if you are a member of one of those associations, then you'll have a quality assurance. If, you, if you're a sole trader who just, you know, isn't a CPA, CA, IPA, whatever it might be, you wouldn't go through it because no one's checking over your, over your shoulder. And maybe the ATO might tap you on and, and ask you for those documents if they're, if they're conducting an audit and you, you'd want to be able to get your hands on them. For the kind of standard compliance work, would it be possible to be without a document manager and still fly through a QA? To be honest, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know what the new <laughs> style of uh, QA auditors are going through and whether they accept um, just having it inside of the proprietary system or not. My guess is if you can produce the document, then that's fine. But if, if you're going through a QA and you've just switched over from you know, one program to another, then potentially you can't lay your hands on those documents anymore. 
having said that, a lot of those applications do allow you to download your data. So, you know, you should be able to get that out. Also something to remember as well about a document management solution here is that it's not also like obviously the word document is relevant in this, it is, but it also houses information. So correspondence, that's probably another kicker that a lot of clients, like a lot of accounting firms use a document management solution for is to actually house, you know, email correspondence because you can then save that email against the client. So in slightly larger firms, for example, you will always be able to track and measure any correspondence from a client because those emails will be saved automatically against the the client file within that document management solution. So if people change hands or if, you know, an accountant leaves, that kind of stuff, it's not like you've lost all that information from somebody's inbox. That's the other reason for it too. Shouldn't correspondence be managed through CRM? Yes and no. It depends on what your interpretation of CRM is. Saving every email into a document manager would be quite a lot of work. No, because it's automated. And that's that's the point of FYI docs or suite files is because it's automatically connected. So having that open API between your practice management software, zero practice manager in this instance, means that there's always a connection between the client file and the document management solution, which means that when an email comes in or goes out to a client, it's being automatically stored against the information, which is the client information pulled from your you know, your practice management software perspective. So it's all interconnected, basically. I didn't realize that the document manager would have the correspondence mm. in there as well. You said before, it depends on what you understand under a CIM. Yeah. What should I understand under a CIM? I think it's probably a better way of saying it's not, not understanding, it's more interpretation of what you want a CRM to actually do. I think that's a better way of saying it because there are mixed opinions about what a CRM will actually do and what it should actually do. And whether you need to have a CRM on top of what you're currently using, let's pretend that you're a public practice accounting firm and you've got all of these applications. Do you need to have a CRM on top of what you've already got? Or do you not have one at all? I think the best way of saying it is in a public practice accounting firm, one who does tax and compliance, traditionally you would have a practice management solution which houses all of the client information it houses you know, the connection between that plus their tax return, plus their documents and things like that. That, in a sense, is actually probably enough from a client relationship tool, basically. Do you want it from a sales perspective? Therefore, a CRM, which is what's traditionally used in an accounting practice or what the software available is, is the software that is available isn't actually a true CRM whereby it can handle sales as well. So it's kind of a case of you would need an additional piece of software if you wanted it to handle sales as well. Therefore, CRM, depending on what your interpretation or what your need for it is, will differ, basically. Mm. I hope I answered that. And did that make sense to you? Well, I guess the simplest way is you've got a practice management system or you've got a, a, a CRM. So most accounting firms have a practice management system. They don't need the sales module sitting over the top of it. Whereas if you go back to a traditional business, a CRM usually will have sales, you know, sales and marketing. How do you manage that relationship with the client or customer in that case? So I guess that's the biggest difference between an accounting firm and their practice management system which just manages their practice and things that they do within their practice and their clients of their practice versus actually a CRM, which 
will manage how do we get the clients before they're a client, <laughs> if that's the best way of saying it. Would it be fair to say that a practice management system is to manage many things, but it's also to manage the correspondence and the workflows, etc., while somebody is a client, but a CIM is sitting further ahead in that pipeline looking after potential clients? Yes. Or is it not good to think in this way? No, it, that actually makes sense. For a, in this scenario, when we're talking about accountants in accounting practices, in accounting firms, that is the correct analogy, in my opinion. For other businesses, that may not be true and correct, though. So in an accounting practice, you have the CIM start of the pipeline, and then once they become a client, then they move over to the practice management system. Yes, after you've engaged them through practice ignition first. <laughs> I had to throw that one in yes. there, sorry. <laughs> yes, yes. Is Receipt Bank usually part of this core of apps we went through or do you also use HubDoc now that it is so, part of Xero? So the core products that we just mentioned to you uh, form the basis of an operational, internal operation for a, a, an accounting firm, basically, a public practice accounting firm. HubDoc, Receipt Bank, whilst relevant to, you know, a director probably using Receipt Bank or HubDoc uh, in terms of what they do, it's not necessarily relevant for their operational excellence. They need it to make their clients more operationally excellent, if that makes sense, and we definitely do recommend it. But from a core, this is what you need to actually run your own business as an accountant so that you can get your work done for your clients. It doesn't form like the, the hard, like the major, major um, applications, I guess is the best way of saying that. So, but we definitely recommend it for the use within their own clients' work so that they can get their work done better. Welcome back. So your core might consist of Practice Protect, especially if you have remotely working staff. So Practice Protect, Practice Ignition, and then if you are on zero, zero XPM, zero tax and zero work papers, and then a document management system, for example, FYI Docs or Suite Files, if your email sits on Microsoft Office. In the next episode, episode 245, Amy and Ian will look at the other apps that sit around this core. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to Klaus for the support. Bye for now and see you on the next episode. The reason why Clarity Street was started was because we, like, I recognized and with Ian, we both recognized that there was a real need in the marketplace for someone to help identify and understand how all the applications out there when cloud-based technology kind of boomed into this industry how all the apps actually connect together and talk to each other like because it's frustrating like and that's what we yes, do yes you know, very much yeah we're business frustration extractors essentially <laughs> so, I like that word. so that's basically how clarity street came about is you know Ian from his accounting based knowledge me from more the practice management perspective you know holistically we understand the frustrations that a business goes through from an accounting firm's perspective. So we're not IT people just pretending that we know what's going on in the industry. Like we've actually got the practical experience and we we get the frustrations from both an administration plus accounting perspective of how you actually do things. Mm -hmm.